You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Good morning. And can I say Happy New Year? No, thank you very much, good man. See, Roger got it right. Just say, you say Happy New Year in Ireland. You say many happy returns. That's the way we say it around here. You don't just say and Happy New Year to you too. We say it over here. Can I just say, just just ask you a quick question? Will it really be a happy New Year? It will be. Amen. Now, can I just ask you one another couple of questions and see how we fare out? See if we can all get on the same page here. How many people here this morning would describe themselves as happy? How many people there? Just pour up your hand if you think, if you're, if you're happy. Okay. Then I want you to keep your hands up for a second. Now, I know some of you are reluctantly going, well, I'm happy, but I'm not happy about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How many people here would say, let me, I'm going to step on that if I leave it there. Sorry. Oh, no. That's grand. Don't worry. It's all right. Sorry, we clean up in a minute. Uh, how many people would say they're happy? Keep your hand up. Good job. Now, how many people here in this hall this morning want to be happy? No, put your hand up if you, want, if you want to be happy. If you don't want to be happy, I tell you something, don't go to church, all right? Because there's a danger you might get happiness from somebody sitting next to you or something like that. It is contagious, just the thing about happiness. But if you want to be happy, genuinely, if you want to be happy, will you stand up just for a second? If you want to be happy, if happiness is what you want, please stand up. If you don't want happiness, don't stand up. If you're not standing, we're going to send the bouncers around you, all right? And the reason I wanted to do that is I wanted to get us all on the same page. You see all of these people here and me standing up here? I confess it openly. I want to be happy. Would you repeat with me? One, two, three. I want to be happy. Have I got good news for you? Sit down, brothers and sisters. If you're a visitor here this morning, we don't do that every Sunday. Just in case you're wondering, we don't ask this question. But it is a very important question. I'll tell you why. You are the same as absolutely every person you've ever met. Everyone you've ever met, everyone you're going to meet, wants to be happy. You want to be happy. Your wife wants to be happy. Your children want to be happy. I want to quote you a guy who lived a long time ago, about 400 years ago. He's a French guy and his name is Blaise Pascal. And he said something interesting about happiness. And he made an observation in his time. Now, he died at the age of 39. He was a young fellow, but he was very smart. He was, he, was, um, he was what they call a polymath. He was a genius. He was a mathematician, a theologian, and all sorts of things. And this is what he said about happiness. He said, all men... No, he's back in 1600, so it's all men and women, okay? All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action of every man. Everything that people do is to make them happy. But have I got good news for you? Because being happy is exactly what God wants for you too. He wants you to be happy. Now, some of you are going, well, that's not, I'm not so sure, but I think he wants us to be joyful in suffering or something. He wants you to be happy. He sent Jesus to die in your place so that you would have the happiness, the joy, the gladness of knowing God and knowing an eternity in God's presence. If that isn't the definition of happiness, I can't come up with a better one. But you know, the Bible is soaked in this idea of being happy, of God making people happy. 
making people happy by what he does for them. I don't know if you have ever described yourself as blessed, but when you use the word blessed, what you're saying is, I was happy. I was actually happy with something. The word blessing is from the root word, which also means the word happy. Let me look at a couple of examples, very quick ones, from the Old Testament. Here, from the Psalms. You have made me very happy. You ha- happier than they are with all their grain and new wine, says the psalmist in Psalm chapter 4, or Psalm 4 verse 7. You have made me happy. God has made me happy. Let me give you another, another example. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Now, do you know what the desires of your heart have a habit of doing? They have a habit of making you happy. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There is something that God wants to give to us. And God's giving always brings joy and brings happiness. Look at this verse. You'll be very familiar with this one from Psalm 32. Happy is the person whose sins are forgiven and whose wrongs are pardoned. Happy is the person whom the Lord does not consider guilty. Hallelujah. Has anybody here known that their sins are forgiven in Jesus' name? You should be happy. I became a Christian back in 1986 and I went into a meeting full of people that really looked very strange. They dressed strange. No, they they were normal, but they looked strange. They sang songs. But boy, were they happy. They were happy people. When they sang about Jesus, they sang about someone they knew. They had something exuding out of them that was a glorious happiness. And it was so attractive, brothers and sisters. Happiness is an attractive thing. Now, I know some of you are sitting there and you've got something going on in your head. You're going, I'm not so sure about all this happiness thing. Maybe God doesn't really want to be happy. What he wants, really, he doesn't want us happy all the time. Now, when I talk about happiness, I'm not talking about hilarity, okay? If anybody's going all the time going, (laughs) I'm so happy, (laughs) that person is going to find themselves in an asylum somewhere, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about people being happy and being made happy by what God has done in their lives and what God is doing for them and God is doing through them. But the question that arises in our heads is a question that's quite commonly asked or quite, quite often debated sometimes in Christian circles. And it's this. Is it happiness we want or is it joy? You see, because I've heard loads of times, I've probably even said it a few times, that joy is different from happiness. That joy is just something more substantial than happiness. And the argument normally goes a little bit like this. That happiness is short term, but joy is everlasting. Sometimes people say happiness is a result of happenings, but joy is a result of peace in God. Some people say that happiness happens because other people make us happy and it's only fleeting. It doesn't last very long. But joy that is in God is always deep-rooted and never breaks down. Do you know something? It's a false argument. Would you like to take the happiness out of joy? Or take the joy out of happiness? Can you imagine a guy getting up on his wedding day, giving a speech after just getting married to his beautiful wife? I just want to say... I'm absolutely overjoyed to be married today. I, I, I have a deep down joy in my soul right now because uh, I'm after marrying herself, like, you know. It's great. 
wouldn't you kind of go, eh, I don't think you've got that there, right, John? There's something wrong. Sorry, do apologies to any Johns in the room. You see, we've got this. There was an old song that used to go like this. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I've heard people so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. As I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Hello? Hello? See, Tom picked up on it straight away. You see? But I remember people singing, I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And it's so far down in my heart, it's become detached from my face. There is no difference between joy and happiness. If the God who wants to give us joy and gladness is the same God who wants to give us happiness, it's the same thing. I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. You see, when we begin to try and split that and go, well, joy is something separate. It isn't. It isn't. It's the same thing. And the people that you meet on the street, when you meet them and you tell them about Jesus, and you say to them, well, God doesn't want you to be happy, but he wants to give you a joy. They go, thanks very much, you're fine. I can get joy, that's no problem. You're not going to convince anybody that what they really want is joy, because what they really want is happiness. And that's exactly what God wants for us too. Are you with me? Do you see the false dichotomy that we can build up in our heads? Do you see this false dichotomy we can build up in our, in our notions that, you know, happiness is somehow fleeting? And like the, the, the great line that people continue to say, well, happiness depends on circumstances and happenings. But sure, isn't joy the same? Doesn't that depend on circumstances? When I was loaded, before I went broke, I had lots of joy, but now that I'm broke, I'm miserable. Let me talk to you about the joyous jailers in the book of Acts. The joyous, jail, or the joyous jailbirds, I should call them, in the book of Acts. Book of Acts, chapter 16. I'm going to read a couple of, couple of um, verses from it. But what I want you to pay attention to is this. This story is a story of two men who went to a city to preach the good news about Jesus Christ. The names are Paul and Silas. And when they went to the city of Philippi, for various reasons, read the chapter yourself, they found themselves in almighty trouble. They found themselves in desperate trouble. And this was what happened to them. May God bless us as we read this portion of his word in Jesus' name. Here's what it says. It says, a mob formed quickly against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, and so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Lads, their circumstances are difficult. They have been beaten black and blue. They were beaten with rods, wooden rods. It's actually still used in some cultures today. They were beaten publicly with wooden rods. They may have had broken ribs. They certainly had open cuts across their backs. They certainly were well and truly exhausted from being assaulted. And now they're stuck into jail as well. What a miserable lot. I'd have to say, if it was me, I wouldn't be very happy. If I was in that much pain and their feet are clamped into stocks, stocks which were designed really as much to torture as they were to capture. And they're stuck inside there, these two men. I know many of you know this story. 
but they're stuck inside there. And you go, well, what would I do if it was me? I'd moan and complain and I'd cry and I'd bawl and I'd wonder, what did I do to bring? Lord, I was trying to spread your good news and this is the result of what happened to me. But what do these guys do? It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. They were praying and singing hymns to God. Does that sound like somebody who's really down in the dumps? They were trying to stoke themselves up. Or were they going, Lord, regardless of this circumstance, our joy is found in you. Regardless of the situation I found myself in, I'm getting it from you, Lord. And, we're ha- and you're happy with us, so I'm happy. Can I just say this to you? I want to say this to you prophetically as I prepared this message. I felt the Lord say, Michael, emphasize those words. The other prisoners were listening. Other people are listening to your life. They're listening to your responses. They're looking to your responses as to how you respond to the difficulties you face. Because being happy isn't subject to circumstances because every one of us has difficult circumstances. But people are listening to your life. They're listening to how you respond to the difficulties that you face. And these other prisoners are probably looking at these two guys saying to themselves, the loose translation from the original Greek is, are they on drugs or what? What's wrong with these fellas? They're singing and they're praying and they just have the living daylights beating out of them. I love, suddenly, (laughs) I love when God moves suddenly. There was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open and he assumed the prisoners had escaped and so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted, it's okay, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Like, why is he taking out his sword to kill himself? You'd imagine all the prisoners are gone, he gets a half day. That's not how it worked under the Roman justice system. Under the Roman justice system, if a prisoner escaped from you while in captivity, you had to bear that prisoner's punishment. Oh, thank you, Caesar. That's what happened. And so when he saw all the prisoners were gone, he knew his number was up. He would have to take the punishment of all these escaped prisoners. So the guy attempts to kill himself. Because he can't face what he's about to look at. He can't face what's staring him right in the face. And that is he's in trouble. He's in profound trouble. The jailer called for lights and ran into the dungeon. And fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and he asked. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What, 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 What do I have to do to be saved? What have you got? That I don't have. How can you be so happy? How can you sit still when the prison doors swing open and you don't make a bolt for it? What have you got that I don't have? What must I do to be saved? Wouldn't it be wonderful if the joy that you exuded and the faith you exuded in your life brought other people to say, I want what you want. I remember when I became a Christian, as I said earlier, back in 1986, I I remember I was sitting on the railings of a friend's house. We were, we were talking. He had his Bible open. It didn't happen often where I grew up. People sat outside reading their Bible, but it did at that time. And we were reading the Bible. And he said, you know, he said, I found this amazing promise in the Bible. And I was only, a, even if I was a seeker, I wasn't even 100% sure I was a seeker at the time, to tell you the truth. I wasn't really seeking. I stumbled upon it. And he said this. He read this passage of scripture to me. What must I do to be saved? He read this piece and it said, They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. 
you will be saved. Can I just say to you, that's the best news that I ever heard. Because I knew I was lost. I knew I was headed away from God. I knew that because of what I'd done, the future for me was God's judgment and an eternity in hell. But this was a promise that if I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that I would be saved. What did it mean? To put my trust in him. Not just have a mental assent to his existence, but to put my trust in his reality. That he came as an infant. He was brought up. That he died and he rose again. And that in him we have salvation and forgiveness of sins. This was the best news I'd ever heard. And it goes on to say that they shared the word of the Lord with him. And with all of his household and all who lived in his household, servants, the whole nine yards. And even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. The jailer, the fellow who was locking them in stocks a couple of hours earlier. The fellow who was beating them, possibly even with sticks a few hours before that. You know, jailers, they had, you know, they're multitaskers. They like to do lots of stuff. Not only was he locking them up, but his, his job was also to punish them. His job was also to torture prisoners. And here he is, this big, hardy, hairy jailer. And he's washing the wounds of these bringers of the good news. Then he and his entire household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Hallelujah. And why did they believe in God? They believed in God because he caught the infection of good news, of happiness, of joy, despite circumstances from Paul and Silas in prison. He recognized that God was on the move when an earthquake happened. The move of God was always seen in the Old Testament, especially as being accompanied with an earthquake. And he recognizes it. And he becomes a Christian. And his whole household become Christians. And he's baptized there and then. And he catches the gospel. He catches the good news. He catches the joy. He and his entire household rejoiced. They were thrilled. They were delighted. They weren't going around going, I'm after becoming a Christian. No, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. They were overjoyed. They rejoiced. It flowed out of them. Anybody who met the jailer the following morning said to Jerry, the jailer, sorry, Jerry, Jerry, what's after happening to you? I don't know why I'm after getting saved. Yeah, what? I'm after becoming a Christian. Really, Jerry? Wow, you're a tough lad to become a Christian. You know, it's all kind of gentleness and peace and kindness in Christianity. I know, says Jerry, I'm looking for a new job too. Something happened in that prison cell. And it happened because these two men were able to rejoice in God despite their circumstances. These two men had a happiness that went beyond their circumstances. You see, God does want to give us happiness. But there's a question that we have to ask ourselves. You see, the people you meet every day, they will want happiness too. But the Bible offers us something slightly different. And, and that is that we ask to ask the question this, which would we prefer? Immediate happiness or ultimate happiness? You see, we all kind of want immediate happiness. We want what will make us happy now. And I, I, I do too, by the way, just for the record. I want what would make me happy now. I'm not happy with this situation. It needs to change. Waiter, you put me at the wrong table. I'm not happy with it. I want to sit at that table over there. My wife and I are upset. Yes, sir, of course, we'll take you over to this table. I'm not happy with this situation. But if you look at it, for instance, with children. Children always want to be happy tomorrow, don't they? 
No, Dad, it's okay. It'll wait till the end of the week. Can we get ice cream next week, Dad? No. That's not how it happens for those of you who are going, what are children like? You were one once. Think back. And they always want immediate happiness. Now, if I was to ensure as a good parent that my children were always immediately happy, can you imagine what my children would be like? They would be like ogres, is all I could describe them as. That's how they would turn out. That's how you would turn out if every wish to give you immediate happiness was fulfilled. But God does offer us happiness, but the happiness we receive is in him. It is in him. And he is our ultimate happiness. You see, no matter how much joy or happiness you take from your hobby, I love playing the guitar at home. No matter how much joy or happiness I take from being with my wife or family or sitting on a table or being out with my friends for, for coffee, no matter how much joy or happiness, it is only ever a foretaste of what God's ultimate happiness for my life is. It's only ever a foretaste. You're only ever sticking your, your finger in the water. That's all you're ever doing because that is not the ultimate happiness that God wants for you. The ultimate happiness for any human being, for all of us here, brothers and sisters, for all of us here, will only ever be found in God. It's the only place. There is no other source. He made us. He made us for himself. He made us like him. He made us to connect with him. And until we do that, we will not be happy. You see, lots of people are looking for peace. There's a movement. There, there, there are movements. There's been movements for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, that w- wants to seek to give people peace or give them happiness in some manner. Now, I, I've had people here, and um, I remember I was speaking to somebody back in the autumn. There was a, a lady came in here on a Tuesday night, and she said, I'm really upset and I need God's peace. And I said to her, you know, I'd happily pray for you for God's peace, but you can't have the peace of God without peace with God. You have to have the peace with God before you can receive the peace of God. And God cannot make you happy until you find your happiness in him. Hello? I love when C.S. Lewis, my favorite writer, I I openly own it, he says this about the way that we're made and the way that we're constructed and what so many people are looking for. God cannot give us a peace and happiness apart from himself. He goes further. Because it's not there. There's no such thing. After that, all happiness, all peace is artificial or temporary. The only true, longing, fulfilling happiness we will ever know is in surrender to God. Is in relationship to God. Now, I know there's some of you here this morning, you've come in and you haven't been to a church like this before. Maybe you're brand new. I want to tell you this morning, you can know the happiness and peace of God here today, inside in this room. You can know the joy that the people around you know from being connected and living and knowing God in their everyday lives. If you speak to the people around you, not everything is going great in all of their lives. But the one thing that they do have, every one of them, they have Jesus. Every one of them is connected to the Lord. And that's what puts the smile on their faces. And that's what restores their peace. And that's what restores their happiness. I love when the prophet Isaiah is talking in the Old Testament. He's talking about exiles. He's talking about the exiles being restored 
They, the Jewish people had been taken away to another country as a result of the sins they committed and God moved them out of the country. And he talks about them being restored in this most beautiful way. He begins to talk about the restoration of the people of God. And he writes this. He says, the people of the Lord has freed will return. They will enter Jerusalem with joy and their happiness will last, how long? Forever. Their gladness and joy will fill them completely and sorrow and sadness will go far away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's people that you love and long for, for whom this promise will be fulfilled. This promise, people that you know, that you'd love to see standing in here worshiping and praising God. That promise is going to be fulfilled in their lives. But moreover, the promise can and will be fulfilled in your life. What's the whole point of what I'm saying? God wants you to be happy. Would anyone say amen? amen. Not only that does he want to make you happy. He wants to make you happier than you are now. And he doesn't want you to have some form of joy or some kind of strange feeling on the inside that doesn't express itself on the outside. He wants to change your life for the good. Jesus really does want to put a song into your heart. He really does want to make your days happier and more joyful. Will you stand with me? We're going to pray. We're going to sing a song that we learned, I think it was earlier this year, actually maybe it was the year before, a song called The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. And what it's saying is that, despite my circumstances and where I am, if I look to Jesus, if I connect with him, I will know joy and happiness. And that is what gives me strength to keep going. Because God has made great promises to his people. We sang it earlier. And all of them are yes, and they are amen. They are amen. Let's close our eyes just for a second as the lads are brewing up that song. Can I just say, if you're here this morning, if it's your first night, could I ask everyone to close their eyes just for a moment? If you're here this morning... And you don't know that happiness and peace with God. You have never personally asked God to give you that happiness and that peace. You've never asked God to come in and be part of your life. You've never actually taken that full step. And you want to know what it is to have and experience that happiness in God this morning. If you will, as it were, if you want to be forgiven this morning. If you want to know God's presence come into your life. If you've never asked him before and you want to say, Lord, would you come into my life? I want to know your happiness and your peace. If you want to pray that prayer this morning, I know there won't be many. But would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand? I see. I see your hands around the room. And there are several. There's probably seven, eight, nine people. I just want to pray. Let's, let's pray. Will you pray with me, brothers and sisters? We're going to pray a simple prayer of invitation to God. Will you follow me? Lord Jesus Christ, I admit that I am a sinner. That I don't know you personally. I ask you for your forgiveness. I ask you for your joy. I ask you that you'd fill me with your happiness. I give my life to you. I ask you to be my leader my Lord, my Savior, from this day, for the rest of my life, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Can we give a round of applause to those who pray that prayer? We're going to sing.
and then we're going to close in prayer together though the tears may fall my song will rise the tears may fall my song will rise my song will rise to you though my heart may fail my song will rise my song will rise to you while there's breath in my lungs of America contains a clause apparently that everybody has the right to pursue happiness and that's what God wants you to do as well pursue your happiness your happiness in him would anyone say amen if you want to have a happier new year would you raise your hands in prayer let's pray together Lord Jesus I thank you Lord that we are from all walks of life all circumstances and all situations this morning we're all in different economic places Lord in different relational places but Lord the one thing that we share in common is this we want more of you Lord we ask you that as we go from this place today Lord you'd fill us with your joy fill us with the happiness that comes from knowing God Lord and I pray Lord that we would be happier in December 2020 than we were in December 2019 Lord I pray Lord that a joyfulness and a happiness regardless of circumstance and situation would gain momentum in our hearts in this coming year Lord Lord I pray that we would be truly satisfied in you Lord I pray we would truly know our happiness in you and Lord we thank you already for the blessings that you are going to pour into our lives in 2020 Lord Lord we thank you for the blessings of provision and protection Lord Jesus thank you Lord for the blessings Lord of open doors and the blessing of closed doors would anyone say amen Lord we thank you for the blessings that you are going to pour in Lord may we find all of our joy at the source of our only true happiness in Jesus mighty name and God's people said Amen God bless and go with you brothers and sisters the guys are going to play us out we're serving tea and coffee upstairs the tough questions team are here on Tuesday and we'll see you again either then or next Sunday morning God bless and go